Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What is up, everybody? Welcome into this Friday episode of Flipping Bats, and we got a jam-packed episode. Justin has made his Mets debut. We will talk all about that. We got making a statement, tale of the tape between a great weekend series. Padres, Dodgers, first of the year there. Things that make you go, hmm? I got a lot. There was a lot of things that made me go, hmm, this week. As well as some Wander Franco talk as well. Let's get to it. What is up, my friends? Happy Friday. We have a jam-packed episode today, so happy Friday to everybody listening. Alex, happy Friday to you as well. Ben, I got to start out by asking, how were you yesterday during your brother's debut? Because I texted you to see if you were breathing. You text during every game he's pitching. No response. From the text, I, I checked your Twitter. No tweets Because went out. you texted me right after back-to-back -back home runs. I wasn't doing well. I didn't want to <laughs> respond to you. I wanted to make sure you were breathing and that you were okay. Zero response. And and we don't have any video that I, of course that not. I asked I, for. I don't, I don't really tweet during games. Um, I, I just kind of put my phone down. It all goes back to really when I started this job. Like... It goes back to then. I would start tweeting during games or just scrolling through Twitter. And people just find it, you know, there's a lot of ni not nice people in the world. People oh, think really? it's funny. The like, internet when Justin, is not a nice place? When Justin place? gives up a homer, it's like, ha, yeah. ah, your brother sucks. Every time. It never fails. So yeah. I'm just like, I'm not going to bother myself with it because I'd find myself responding like, well, does he really? Like, but yeah. it's not no, worth you it. you can't. So, I just stay off of Twitter. I wasn't posting highlights. Justin gave up back-to-back -back homers. We'll talk about the game in a second. He actually ended up pitching well, but gives up back-to-back -back homers in the first inning. Looked down at my phone, and it wasn't immediately after that, but it was like a minute or two after, and I see a text from <laughs> Alex like, how you doing? No, are you breathing? Are you breathing? That's what I said. Are you hey, breathing? Hey, buddy. Yeah. Just checking in. Buddy no, ben, check okay? out. Get out of here. Well, I knew you wouldn't be well, so I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> I was being a good friend, good co-host. So Justin's first start of the year was on Thursday. And as with every start, uh, I don't typically handle it well. I sit in the same <laughs> spot on the couch. I, I kind of freak out at every little thing happening. I, yell, I found myself yelling at this umpire on Thursday a lot. A lot. Really missed a lot of calls, but I digress. Ended up having a really a, a, a solid outing, I would say, when all was said and done. Through 80 pitches, through five innings, five innings pitched, two runs, five strikeouts, and that all really came in that first inning. The back-to-back -back homers to Riley Green, who put a really good swing on a really good curveball, and Javi Baez, who hit a rocket to right field. And Justin really settled in after that. Uh, looked good. Gave up some hard contact in the next inning or so. But by the end of the outing, you know, around the fourth or fifth inning, it's when he was really hitting his stride. 
that fifth inning, he was throwing a bunch of he, he threw 97 in that inning, a bunch of 96, good sliders. Um, I I really liked what I saw, and I know post game he was talking about it and said he felt really good and was happy to see the velocity come back as he got more and more into the game. And I mentioned he threw 80 pitches, but he said his goal or not the goal, but their rough number for the outing was going to be around 90 pitches. So ending, ending that one inning at 80 kind of left him in a weird place. You know, if he had ended at 75, he probably goes back out, but at 80 worst case scenario, you go out there first batter, you know, eight pitches. And then it's like, well, let's just take him out here. So ended up throwing five innings, throwing really well. I thought it was really good to see how he finished that outing. And afterwards he said, uh, physically felt really good. He's happy about the velocity, but to me, just seeing him physically back out there, healthy, touching 97, which is awesome, and doing it all in Detroit where he got such a warm welcome. Yeah. Um, ultimately, the Tigers ended up winning that game, but 2 nothing final. Mets offense wasn't doing much, but uh, rough start to the game, I would say, with the back-to-back homers and ultimately ended up being a very, very solid outing that I was very happy about, very on edge about, and yeah. That, that was yesterday. Yeah, I think the positive was that your brother is obviously back. Yeah. Justin Verlander is officially with the Mets yep. and with the team full-time now. But that was a tough road trip for the Mets getting swept by Detroit. And your brother even said after the game, we just need to find our identity. This series was difficult. <laughs> Hopefully they can find it now that he's back and they're a little more complete. But that is unacceptable for the Mets, especially the high standards that we have had for the Mets. And even heading into the season, what we expected from the Mets, this should not be a series they're getting swept. I I do very much so agree with that. But I do find throughout all of this and seeing everything, and yes, the Tigers swept the Mets. And what I saw was all talk about the Mets and how poorly they were playing and how bad they are. And oh my God, the world is ending. Okay, the Mets are around 500 right now, not the end of the world, but the Mets are a damn good baseball team. And I feel like there's not enough credit being given to the Detroit Tigers here, which is something that, you know, I played in the organization. I will forever root for the Tigers. And in a series like this, where they sweep a good baseball team, they might not be playing their best, sure. And their last 10 games, they're, what, 2-8 and eight or something like that. It really hasn't been good for the Mets. But give the Tigers their credit here and give the Tigers credit for how they've been playing this year. I think everybody can be in consensus here that at least so far this year, the best division in baseball has been the AL East. The Tigers have played the AL East in 16 games and have gone 2-14 and 14 against AL East teams. Against everybody else, they're 11-3. and three. And they don't play the AL East anymore for a long time. And I know that's scheduling and it all evens out in the end, but the Tigers have had a very difficult schedule. They played a very talented Mets team that, yes, they might not be clicking, but the Detroit Tigers deserve a lot of credit for the sweep of that series going up against a couple of Hall of Famers and Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. And, yeah, they didn't put up a ton of offense in that game against Justin. They end up winning the game 2-0. Guess what was great? Eduardo Rodriguez dominant on the mound he's looked fantastic and his last couple of starts this is the Eduardo Rodriguez they signed to come in and be the veteran in that rotation he has been that I just got I I understand 
the people saying Mets suck. How can you get swept by the Tigers? But I, I think that narrative needs to shift a little bit to a little bit of credit to the Tigers here who have appeared to turn a little bit of a corner. And am I saying the Tigers are going to make the playoffs or win the World Series? No, absolutely not. But they deserve a lot of credit for sweeping the Mets in this series and the way they've been playing lately. You're right. And, and I love your glass half full approach. Just it was a tough one for the Mets. Tough one Definitely. for the Mets. Great series for Detroit. Which, as you said, you had hope. You've had hope for the last couple of I've years. Had hope for hope for years. Yeah. <laughs> so may, maybe this is the turning just point. Waiting. Just maybe. I do really like uh, Riley Green's on a hitting streak now. That home run he hit against Justin in the first inning was on a really good curveball. Uh, he put a good swing on it there. I like what I see from him. Torkelson's hitting the ball harder. Eric Haas behind the plate has been raking. So. Uh, Javi Baez really heating up, by the way, for all the oh, yeah. grief that Javi Baez gets, credit where credit is due. And I feel like that's what I'm saying about this whole Tigers team. Give grief to the Mets, sure, but credit where credit is due to the Detroit Tigers. I love that statement. And now let's move on to our next segment, yep. making a statement. Are you ready for the first one? I'm going to give you some strong statements, and you can agree or disagree with the statement. Are you ready for the first one? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. The Phillies are rushing Bryce Harper back too soon. Um, I'm going to disagree with that. Now, it's historically fast return from Tommy John, right? The fastest return from TJ surgery in history at 160 days, right? Bryce Harper played in the World Series, and he missed just over a month of one season. That's remarkable after Tommy it's insane. Now, I hear you, right? He's not a pitcher. He's not even playing the outfield. He's DHing. But what I would argue here to, to anybody that's saying it's not as impressive, still a very strenuous rehab. On his second game, he was wearing a literal cast on his arm. And for the naysayers that say, well, he's not throwing, he's not doing much, Bryce Harper hits left-handed. His swing is very violent. His lead arm is his right hand. He's extending with that elbow very violently from the left side of the plate. So let's let's throw that out the window. It is very impressive what he's done. 160 days he's back, passing Tony Walmack, who got back in 180-ish days. Now, he comes back in his first game. He goes 0 for 4 with three punch outs and a ground out. And the conversation becomes what we're having right now. Yeah. Game two, three for three at the plate. Looked great, driving the ball hard, a huge at-bat in the ninth inning that led to a comeback for for the Phillies. Um, they didn't, it didn't end up working out for them, but it led to a comeback. Uh, I, I'm going to say they didn't rush him back too soon. Who's to say, you know what, any of the naysayers got doubted in his second game of the year when he went three for three. Uh, if you're going to doubt anybody, don't doubt Bryce Harper. The guy is a freak athlete, a freak talent, and works very, very hard at what he does. So I'm happy he's back. Yeah, I'm with you there. All right, our next statement has to do with the team. Harper was just playing. Okay. The Dodgers will win the NL West. <sighs> Are you celebrating before I answer? I'm just, yeah. I, I agree <laughs> with this statement, obviously. <laughs> um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to disagree. Okay. But here's what the what? Dodgers are playing so much better Insane. baseball now than they were even a week, a week and a half ago. They're they're playing very well right now and they're sitting at 19 and 13. The reason I'm going to disagree is because well, I picked the Padres to win the division this year. So it wouldn't really feel right about what 
30-ish games into the year. A month. To, to switch up on that. Especially when the Padres are playing better. The Padres are 17 and 15. Right? They're two games behind them. I'm not worried. To be honest with you, I'm not worried about either of these teams. No. I think they're both going to make the playoffs. The big race here is going to be who wins the West. And I'm mm-hmm. not going to switch up my pick right now. You could tell me right now that come the end of September or whenever the season ends, like a week into October, that the, the Dodgers win the NL West, and I wouldn't be shocked. These are both very good and very talented teams, but I picked the Padres to win the division for a reason. I still believe in that reason, and them being two games back right now isn't a big enough reason for me to change that. So I will disagree and say I will still take the Padres to win the West. Yeah, this is going to be a, a fun series this weekend between yeah, the Dodgers and Padres. Yeah, I think we're going to get a first little taste of who has because they're both playing insanely well right now. But we'll we're going to break that down That's in just a little bit. I know week. we're going to break that down a little later in the show. So let's get to our final statement. Randy Rosarina will lead all of Major League Baseball in RBI. Hmm. I am going to go clean sweep here and disagree with with all of these. Whoa. Uh, I think Randy. I, I love what Randy's doing, and that's why he ended up with. Remember, my team of the month in the first month was very difficult outfield wise. Outfield wise, yes. And I talked about that, and Randy ended up getting the nod on there because RBI wise, he's just going insane. But he's not leading baseball right now. Adolis Garcia is leading in RBI with 31 as of Thursday. Yeah. Pete Alonso right on his heels, and Pete Alonso led in RBIs last year. So. I, I'm going to say no here. I'm going to disagree. And I think a guy like Pete Alonzo, who's already there right now, neck and neck with Randy Rosarena, with a Mets offense that, like, look at the contrast of the two teams, right? You have the Rays on top of the world. It's hard to imagine the Rays playing any better than they are right now. And then you have the Mets, who aren't scoring any runs. And then you look at the two in RBIs, and Pete Alonso's right there neck and neck with him, yeah. who also led baseball in RBI last year. I'm going to take uh, – you didn't ask me to take a specific player if I don't take Randy, but I'll do it. I'll say uh, I'll say Pete Alonso. Yeah, because you uh, also got Jordan Alvarez right there. You got Devers tied with him right now. Jordan, who missed miss some games. Yeah, uh, yeah it's going to be tough. And you know that Houston offense is only going to get better. So does that make sense? You get what I'm it saying? Does. Like I the get Tampa it. offense is yeah. getting you. You're getting the best you can out of them. You got to remember these aren't my statements. I am just the facilitator. No, you have to remember. If I disagree, I disagree with you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can disagree with me on the Dodgers one. That's the one where it's firmly my statement. <laughs> All right. So making a statement, disagreeing uh, with Randy leading the league in RBI this year. Yeah, that's chill. Uh-oh. Well, you know what that means. Close your eyes if you hate fun, my friends. Let's talk about Wander Franco. That's a one-hopper handled by Franco, and the throw to first in time. Did he just do that? He tossed the ball up to himself. How about this play? Getting into the NBA playoffs maybe a little bit. How about the spin to yourself? I thought I was seeing things. Wednesday night, Wander Franco made a play that sent the baseball world into an absolute frenzy. Now, if you're just listening to this and you haven't seen it, what happened was a ground ball hit to Wander at shortstop. He caught it on a hop, grabbed the ball out of his glove, spun it up into the air, 
grabbed it with his bare hand and slung it on over to first base for the out. Now, I already know the baseball nerds hate this, but I also know that they don't listen to flipping bats. <laughs> but you already know I love it. But what I will say is there is a time and a place. But this is that time and that place, I believe. Think about when LeBron throws down a flashy dunk or it's been 30 years since Dion high-stepped his way into the end zone and we still celebrate that. Now, Wander isn't LeBron and isn't Dion quite yet, but if one of the best players in the world wants to take that risk late in a game that's not very close, he's earned that right. I probably wouldn't try it in a close game, but it was a 6-1 ball game in the seventh inning in the beginning of May. Let the guy have some fun. Wander Franco is a guy who's a top 10 defensive shortstop in the game of baseball this year, according to Fangraphs. I would argue that he's earned the right to have some fun here. Now, you know who hasn't earned this right to have fun like this? Little leaguers, high schoolers, college players. So to those that say, well, he's setting a bad example for those players. I would actually say the opposite here. He's an example of if you work your ass off and become one of the best in the world at what you do, then you can do things like this. And guess what? If you screw up, you're going to get an earful from your manager. You're probably going to be turned into a meme forever for the history of baseball. But guys, the Tampa Bay Rays are the best team in the game of baseball. They're the seventh team in history to start a season 26 and six. Now, despite all of that, their average attendance at home games is 17,000 500 fans in a stadium that has a capacity of about 47,000. The attendance being low isn't because of the ability of players on the field or the amount of fun that people are having. Like you see, you know, sometimes around the league, what you see with low attendance is bad play and a couple of other reasons. But with this team, with the Trop, the Trop is a nightmare to get to. It's not even in Tampa. It's in St. Pete. It's one way in, one way out. It's an absolute nightmare. And when you do get there, it's not a very nice venue to watch a baseball game. But it's not the fans' fault that they're not going. But for those fans that do go, let them see something that they've never seen before. Let's have some fun and get the people going that are in the trop. The baseball season is a grind. It's 162 games. It can get monotonous. The players are humans. They are not robots. And we need to allow them to have a little bit of fun along the way throughout the season. Wander Franco has made this play a million times in his life. In fact, he could have caught it and with his eyes closed, thrown it on over to first base to get the out. If he does it and he messes it up, guess what? Never, ever do it again. You lost the right to do it. But please, let's let Wander cook and have some fun. And if you don't like fun, well, guess what? You can always just close your eyes. I love some strong, confident, flashy plays. And yeah. this was the perfect amount. 
I loved it. Oh, I know. We both love this. Now, I know <laughs> you always get some good tweet responses. Always. Some positive, a good amount of negative when you tweet something out like this. What'd you get? Oh, you know I sent out a tweet. <laughs> I said, close your eyes if you hate fun. And they showed up. So, as we, as I like to do with this segment, let's bring up a couple of these yeah. tweets that I got, Alex, from from somebody at Ben Verlander. The ball flip isn't fun. It's just bad baseball. <laughs> if he dropped it or didn't make the throw on time, he'd be benched. There's fun, and then there's pointless showboating. This is pointless showboating. You know what I have to say to that? He didn't drop You're it. You're right, but he didn't drop yeah, it. Yeah, he so made why the play, do you care? and it was epic. Yeah, it, was, it epic. was fun. If he drops it, then he should never do it again, and he should get benched that game, and then he'll never do it again. Now, another tweet. I agree with fun, but I also agree with people getting thrown at for things like this. Oh, my God. What? Timeout. Wander Franco should get a fastball thrown at him because he flipped a ball up into the air? Because he caught it, made it look super fresh, and then still got the runner out? Many of just get over clarify, yourself. Many of these, I have not I haven't seen them. Yeah, I yeah, haven't yeah. seen any of these. Okay. I just know I get some a lot of the responses are great, but some of them are really just get yeah. off my lawn sort of tweets. Yep. Here's another one. At Ben Verlander. I would love to hear Cash's thoughts on this play. I'm thinking fun isn't a word he's going to use. Guess what? We never heard a word from Cash about this. And that was the end of the play. Yeah. Boomer baseball purist. We got somebody posting pictures in there of backflips and how backflips are cool. I, I saw another one about how, you know, remember when Babe Ruth, well, you might not remember. <laughs> Babe Ruth did the call in his shot yeah. to center field. I yes. saw one that was like, Babe Ruth, great for the game of baseball. Wander Franco flips the ball up into the air. Ah, awful. Just the fan response. It's confident swag. It's just all, it's all over it the is. map. So I love bringing him some tweets. Even Brian Reynolds, who is playing on the other team, by the way, quote, I saw it. It didn't impress me. Of course not. Because <laughs> it was against uh, you. I I love it. Yeah, it's just, me too. Again, the, the last point I would make here, like, it, it, it's not a 3-3 ball game with the go-ahead run flying down the line. And yeah. I think that context matters Oh, here. it's everything. You know, it's like the flashy dunks you see. You're not going to see it if the team's down two with a minute left. You just get the, you'd get the points. Yeah. But in a situation like this, with a play that Wander's made a billion times in his life and can make with his eyes closed, let the guy have some fun for the love of God. I'm with you. Yeah, and I think you. a good chunk of the the flipping bats community will be as well. Yep. But let's move on to things that make you go, hmm. Mm, we got a lot. We got a lot today. All within a week. Let's we got a lot let's start with umpire who made Zach Eflin remove his rubber ring. So. <laughs> Zach what? Eflin is a pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays and wears his wedding ring. Where everybody wears their so wedding. So many on players. Your left hand, yes. might I add, which he's a right hander. So on his glove hand, yeah. that's the first point here. But the umpires asked him to remove his rubber ring from his glove hand. And he said the umpires went out there and the and what he said is after the game, this has happened many times. Umpires will go out there and ask him to remove it, and he says to them this is something very important to me, and I would prefer not to remove it. And they sort of, you know, he said that 
some umpires will talk to MLB and they allow him to wear it. But this is the first crew that wasn't okay with it. And he still said, I'm going to wear this. I, this is very important to me. And ultimately ended up saying to these umpires, I'm going to wear this. The only way I will take it off is if you are going to eject me from the game for this. And they came back to him and said, we're throwing you out of this game unless you take it off. So he ended up taking off the, the ring, having a great outing, by the way. But are you kidding me? It's rubber. It's not going to do anything to the baseball. And it's on his glove hand. It's just, what are we doing here? Hmm? Also, so many players wear the rubber wedding ring yeah. on their left finger in every sport. It is yeah. an extremely common thing. That's why they made it for active people and athletes. Yeah, It's just so silly. So the, wor the worry, because position players obviously don't have to take it off, but pitchers, what they're saying is you could find a way to doctor the baseball. But it's not... It's not metal. on his. <laughs> it's not on his throwing hand. It's rubber, and if you see him, guess what he'd have to do? He'd have to take off his glove, and yeah. then you'd see something happening. Yeah. Like, come on, just ridiculous. So Makes that's, no sense. That's number one. Yeah. All right. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Our next thing that makes us go, hmm? Pirates' first National League team to 20 wins. I absolutely love this. But yes, the Pirates were the first National League team this year to 20 wins and you see that and you watch them play and you sort of go hmm hmm you know it's like a it's a it's high a, it's a high beat hmm. hmm now what i will say here is pirates have been so much fun to watch i have really very much so enjoyed watching this team and they are very good now the question becomes how good well, nothing like going on the road to play the best team in baseball in the Tampa <laughs> Bay Rays and seeing really how you stack up after a very good start. And they ended up getting swept in that series by the Rays, who are the best team in baseball right now. But I don't want people to get deterred by that. I, I watch a lot of this Pirates team, something I did not imagine saying yeah, yeah. at the beginning of the year. They are so much fun with Kutch out there. Ji Juan Bay could, I think, if he played 162 games, could steal 80 bases. He's flying around the field. Connor Joe is raking. The team is so much fun, and I don't think anybody had it on their vision board, the Pirates being the first no. NL team to 20 wins this year. So kudos to them, and I'm excited to see how they keep playing. This is a tough month for them schedule-wise. Really tough starting off against the best team in the game, but they are the best team in the game for a reason right yep. now. So uh, good on the Pirates. So that was a more upbeat. Hmm. Hmm. Yep. Our next one. Things that make you go, hmm. This is more of like a, hmm. Yeah. Mauricio Dubon calls out his former team. Yeah, you know, I never really know with these statements what the, the level of my hmm is going to be until we get into it. So we'll yeah. see. Here. But Mauricio Dubon, um, three hits in a game the other night in his first game against his former team. Now, Mauricio Dubon this year had a very long hit streak for the Houston Astros, has kind of transformed his swing and the way he goes about his game. 
and he's having a resurgence this year, uh, a career year so far. But you know it means a little more when he does it against his former team. And in the first game against his former team, the Giants, three hits in that game. But post-game, his comments were what really made me go, hmm. Oh, okay. It felt really good, honestly. I was not treated the right way over there, he said. I was not treated the right way. Now, he went on to say that Dusty Baker and the Astros are treating him a lot better. Yeah. Man, that just leaves you like, hmm, what? How is he being treated? And I'm assuming it goes along with not playing, not playing every day. And when you are playing well, getting benched even when you did play well, there's a lot that goes into it. And I'm not going to speculate on what he meant by that. But clearly, he's with a new team. He's going about things in a um, – he's he's playing this year and having a career type of year, and I'm pumped up for him. And good for you. Play against your old team, go off, and throw some shade at him yeah. while you do it. I, I, I'm i here for that. Same. I love hearing players speak their truth, yep. even if it's hard to hear sometimes. Not mad at this one. I told you the Dubon story, right? No. With me and uh, when, when I saw him for the first time in the playoffs last year about me sliding into him and leaving a star oh, on his Oh, yeah, arm. you did. Yeah, I told that story Yikes. on here. But basically every time I think of Mauricio Dubon, last, the playoffs, he came up to me in the playoffs and said, hey, Ben, how's it going? Yeah, I have this scar on my arm from when you cleated me sliding into second base. <laughs> Obviously unintentional. But every time every time <gasps> we laughed it off and Good. it was great. And it kind of it looks really badass. So, yeah. yeah, now you're a part of yeah. him for the rest of his life. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. That's okay. Uh, good for him. I love yeah. the year he's having so far. Okay. Our next topic of things that make you go, hmm, has to do with Bryce Harper and the A's. Explain this. <laughs> that was good. I think yeah. that's how this is going to feel. Uh, Bryce Harper, as we know, we talked off the top of the show about his historic comeback from TJ. But this stat is what really had me go, hmm? Yeah. <laughs> Bryce Harper, who played in the World Series last year, underwent Tommy John surgery went through rehab for Tommy John surgery and inserted back into a major league lineup all before a starting pitcher on the Oakland A's recorded a win. Oh, huh? it's so bad. Are you serious? It's so bad. Oakland A's starting pitchers this season, 0-15 with an 8.09 ERA. Bryce Harper went through everything and came back to baseball and had a three-hit game mm-hmm. <laughs> before the A's pitchers recorded a win. That Brutal. is just, yeah. Brutal. So that one explains itself. That's that's yep. why that's here. All right. Next things that make you go. Yeah. Hmm? This was a good week. This was a good week. It came out that the Dodgers never offered Trey Turner a contract. Hmm? hmm? I mean, the... the what? He was one of your better players on the team. He's one of the best shortstops in the game of baseball. Trey Turner himself said he definitely would have entertained coming back to the Dodgers had they pursued him in free agency. But Turner said there wasn't much conversation about that after some talks in spring training. I mean, look, it's just a a little weird. And I guess my thought, and that's why it's in this segment, like you hear that and you hear Trey Turner's comments about it. And he, he went on to say that I thought they would be in on me, but they yeah. weren't. And that that comment in itself just makes you go, hmm. But to be honest with you, I, 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 I know what they're doing. 
It's yeah. for Shohei. We all we all have a strong idea of what they're saving up for. Yeah, but but still, it's like I don't know. I, yeah. I have a lot of Dodgers friends, Dodger fan friends, and I, I hear a lot from them. Well, like we're just like we reset the we reset the luxury tax to go after Shohei. And the, my, my conversation goes, well, the let's look at the Padres, who have said they're very much so in on on Shohei. What did they do in the offseason? It almost it just feels Stack like an their roster. to have an, a season that they don't typically do what they do. We've become accustomed to the Dodgers getting who they want to get. Yep. And this offseason, letting a guy like Trey Turner, who's on your team, walk and not even talk to him just feels weird. So I, I get it, but I almost feel like we're just using – potentially signing Shohei to a half a billion dollar yeah. contract is like an excuse for not having the best offseason. Now, what I do think, I, did, I ended up going on a tangent here that I didn't think I'd go at on, but what I do think we will see, and if we don't, Dodgers fans should be pissed, is a lot of action from them at the trade deadline. Yep. Free agency is money. Trade deadline is prospects. Yep. So that's where I think the Dodgers can still say, we're all in on this season. Mm -hmm. We just wanted to save up some money. So we'll see there, but I would have thought they'd go after Trey Turner because they needed a shortstop. Yep. Speaking of a, another shortstop who was a free agent this offseason, and things that make you go, hmm. Xander Bogart's on-base streak ends at 30 games. Yep. And it's not a hmm because of that. For those that don't know what happened here, Xander Bogarts had an on-base streak to start the season of 30 games, dating back to last year with the Red Sox, an on-base streak of 32 games. Now, this was an all-time franchise record for the Padres to start a season, and it was active at 30 games, still going on, until the other night when Xander Bogarts, with a runner on first base, Juan Soto on first, hits a line drive to right field that drops line drip line drive hard hit drops in in right field right fielder catches it Juan Soto thought the ball was caught in the air yeah so starts sprinting back to first base with everybody screaming at him to run Xander Bogarts ends up not getting a hit because he's out on a fielder's choice Juan Soto ends up being thrown out at second base a force out at second base, meaning no hit, and the on-base streak for Xander Bogarts comes to an end. An absolutely heartbreaking way for this to end. I, I can almost promise you Juan Soto is finding a way to make it up to Xander. Like He yeah. owes him like a watch or <laughs> at least a really nice dinner, something, yeah. because this is brutal. Yeah. It's tough. And, and look. For everybody saying, Juan Soto, what are you doing? What an awful year he's having. Well, one, I would say the guy's playing a lot better in the last week or so. And two, look, the guy was running on the play. He turns around and sees the right fielder. And the it was very true. It was like a short hop into his glove. It was very clear it hit the ground, but he was running and didn't see it. Turns around and sees the right fielder, who's not far from first base, with the ball in his glove and laying on the ground, and he thinks, oh, God, this guy just caught the ball in the air. I need to sprint back. And he, look, should he have picked up the first base coach? Yes, there are things that should have happened, but let's not yell at Juan Soto for this. It's a baseball play. It sucks. It is unfortunate. But 
what ends up happening in the books is this does not go down as a hit and it does not continue the on base streak just to clarify that like if you get on base from an error let's say or a fielder's choice it does not continue your on base streak it doesn't help your on base percentage walks and hits do this did not and this is how it came to an end a little bit of a, of a side note here uh 30 is what he was at 32 if you go back to last yeah. year the all-time record for an on-base streak is Ted Williams at 84 games oh in 1949. God. Yeah, remarkable. Okay. But yeah. this is just like a long way to go. Uh, come yeah. on, man. Just a this bummer. Can't be how it ends. Hmm. Yeah, a bummer. Yeah. Well, speaking of Juan Soto, he is our final things that make you go. <laughs> hmm? Juan Soto's bobblehead of Mexico. <laughs> Oh yep. my goodness. Alex, have you have you seen this? I'm so looking at it. So the Mexico series took place over the weekend between <sighs> the Giants and the Padres and they had bobbleheads outside the stadium and there was a large almost life-size bobblehead of Juan Soto that looks absolutely nothing like Juan Soto. Now, I've seen some bad bobbleheads, but this is a full like WTF is that? Is that an old man in a bobblehead like Elmer Fudd has like those kind of vibes going I don't even on. I know how to it. It's literally Elmer Fudd might be a good call, <laughs> right? Honestly. Elmer Fudd is a yeah. Good call. It looks nothing it's so like him. weird. And they just have a, a jersey of him on this big guy, and at the bottom it just says Juan Soto. And you walk by and it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> That's not. <laughs> not that even is not close. Juan Soto. Not have you ever close. seen? Have you ever seen the uh, the bust of? Cristiano Ronaldo, it's like a very famous, like they made a statue of Cristiano and it just, it does yeah. not, it, this, like, this rivals eh, that, fail. but there were some other really bad ones around. <laughs> Trent Grisham's was bad. I mean, just, just yeah. my, but I the saw thought the, that counts, I guess. I at saw this the point. Juan Soto one and I'm Hilarious. just like, huh? That's kind of, huh? Yeah. yeah. Huh? I tried to go a little more high pitch there. Yeah. But, huh? Yeah. Yeah. There it is. That was good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right. There was a lot. A lot this week, but all very fitting stuff. A lot of funny stuff. A yep. lot of weird stuff that happened this week. <sighs> Tale of the tape time. Yes. We got, a, we got a great series upcoming every week towards the end of the week. Alex and I will. So it's usually the best weekend series, but, it, yep. you know, it's just a series of our choosing. And this week it had to be Padres and the Dodgers in San Diego. This series is happening. So Alex and I will go through the offense, defense, managers, starters, and bullpen, and we will each pick who we think has the edge in each of those categories. Mm -hmm. With Alex's Los Angeles Dodgers <laughs> against the hated rivals, San Diego Padres. So where are we starting? Are we starting with offense. We're starting with offense. I. Did not look at what you picked. I don't okay. know if you looked at what I picked. So, um, am I going? Do I go first here? I'll yeah. go first. You go I'm first. I'm going to go uh, with the offense. I'm going to take the Padres. I think coming into this season, no doubt, offensively, the Padres have the best lineup in baseball. Now, it has been a bit of a struggle. However, let's look at this past week. Heading into this awaited matchup, the Padres offense is starting to be the Padres offense. Juan Soto hit 450 in the last week. Manny Machado, 333 with three home runs in the last week. Tatis is back in this lineup. He's been a big boost to them, hitting 286 with a with some homers in there as well. I would have said preseason, best offense in baseball, and right now I do believe 
that the Padres have the edge over the Dodgers in the offensive category. <laughs> I have no doubts we're going to differ here on a lot of stuff. Oh, I, yeah. I am surprised if you're taking the Dodgers offense. I am taking the Dodgers offense. Speaking of this last week, they are just rolling right now. Let's let's talk about their last game. Max Muncy with the, ho- the home run leader hit number 12 on Wednesday. Grand a walk-off slam. grand slam that to complete sick. the sweep against yeah. the Phillies. Cool. I mean, just this week versus the Phillies, the Dodgers scored 36 runs and had 44 hits. Mookie Betts has been on fire this last week. Miguel Vargas also two home runs, nine RBI this last week. Freddie Freeman batting 379 with a home run and five RBI this week. The Dodgers are red hot and rolling right now. Perfect timing to face division rival San Diego Padres. Yeah, you know, if it, if we had had this discussion a week ago and the Padres lineup was really poo-poo, uh-huh. I, it would have been a different – but they've really heated up. Tatis has been a big bump for this team. They're playing good baseball. So I ended up going with the Padres here. Yeah, we'll see. Let's move on to defense. Who you got? Defense, I have the Padres. Um, some gold glovers. Manny Machado over at third base. Trent Grisham's very good out in center field. I've been very impressed with Fernando Tatis in the outfield. Uh, just, you know, not a ton of time in right field in his career. And he's been good. Uh, Hassan Kim. Just a lot of very good defensive players everywhere you look. And, you know... I know the Dodgers have Mookie. Mookie's been playing shortstop this year, which is one of the most remarkable things that any athlete can do and has done this year. He's not he's not getting enough credit for that. The guy is a gold glove right fielder. He's a gold glove second baseman, and he's playing shortstop with an elite defense as well. That is remarkable. But Which you said was a dream, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so cool for him. But all in all, I'll take the Padres. Um, and then, you know, I would say it's close. This year, the Dodgers have a negative uh, defensive metric on fan graphs. The Padres are like a positive two, right around two. So I went with Padres here. I also went with the Padres on defense here. Uh, a lot of the reasons you just mentioned, but they have such an all-star lineup that is just as good on defense as they are offensively with the guys like Xander Bogarts, Manny Machado, as you mentioned, Fernando Tatis Jr. doing a great job not getting the full, obviously, spring training and beginning of the season. But they also have, the Padres have the best fielding percentage in Major League Baseball and the fewest errors committed in Major League Baseball. So, yeah, we're the same there. Okay. Let's move to managers. Who you got? Manager, I'm taking the Padres and Bob Melvin. I, I love Bob Melvin, and I have since he came over. I've always felt like this is the right pick for this team. Um, Bob Melvin, with what he did in Oakland with a payroll that was not comparable to this, was very special. And then he comes over and kind of gets this team under control. You had Tatis uh, and what he was going through. And some, if you remember, right before Bob Melvin came in, the fighting in the dugout, which happens on teams. But this was a talented roster that needed a, a leader and a manager that knew how to handle them. And Bob Melvin has. I believe he's done wonders for this team. And on the opposite end, um, you have Dave Roberts, who I, I – the Dodgers – with the most talented team on paper in baseball for like a decade have won world have won championship and i i think a lot of that or some of that is due to some of the moves that dave roberts has made in the playoffs and some of the ways that he has managed the team i'm obviously not putting all the all the blame there and sometimes the dodgers offense has just gone absolutely cold in the playoffs and is that dave roberts fault no but i'm going to take bob melvin here i like him a lot 
Yeah, I'm taking Dave Roberts and the Dodgers here. Yeah, as you mentioned, his playoff tactics are a bit questionable (laughs) from time to time. But he's a three-time NL pennant winner, a World Series champion, and honestly, he has the hardware. Bob doesn't. And I can't pick a manager who doesn't have the hardware and the titles to show for it. All right. Yep. Moving on to starters. Uh, Who you got? I went with the Dodgers here Mm. because of their current form. Um, Kershaw being Kershaw right now is is huge for the Dodgers. And they actually need that big time this year. With what's going with Walker Bueller being out, they need Kershaw to be vintage Kershaw. And so far to start the year, he has been. Uh, Julio has struggled this year until recently. His last start, dominant, looks really good there. So Tony Gonsolin back. On the other side of things, you know, again, preseason, I probably would have taken the the Padres' rotation, but Blake Snell has continued to be very hit or miss. Joe Musgrove, since he's come back from his injury, we're, we're, time will tell of how, how good he's going to be. His first his start that came in the Mexico series just makes you like, maybe I'll wait. Maybe I'm not feeling quite ready just yet. That's probably mm-hmm. what he was thinking. Um but yeah, just not in the best form right now. I think the the Dodgers guys are pitching better right now than you know the Padres guys. Waka hasn't been great this mm-hmm. year, so I went I went Dodgers here. Yeah, I'm also taking Dodgers, and I went through the projected starters throughout this series. And today you got Kershaw against Musgrove, so I'm taking Kershaw as we talked about. He's in Cy Young form right now, and Musgrove is still trying to figure things out. I mean, he's 1-0 and only eight innings pitched with a 10.80 ERA, which is brutal, especially when you're going to be facing off against Kershaw. Saturday, Dustin May against Yu Darvish. I'm going to take Dustin May right now, so that's kind of why I went there. And then uh, Sunday, Julio against Blake Snell. I'm taking Julio over Blake Snell. So going through these matchups over the series, I hands down had to take the, the Dodgers. The fact that they here. have Kersh and Julio going in the series. Yes, is a big plus, but going Dustin May over you Darvish to me is mm. a little bit of a disservice to you Darvish. Mm. He hasn't been that hot. One and two in five games right now. I'll take Darvish. Okay. All right. So we have uh, bullpen. Bullpen is what's left. I've gone three for the Padres so far. You've gone three for the Dodgers. Yep. In total, four on each side. Let's go to the bullpen. I will take the San Diego Padres here. I think that. I think the Dodgers bullpen is kind of like in a bit of disarray and they don't really know where to turn to at the end of games. You've had guys you've been able to count on Brewstar Gratterall, but then he blew that save the other day. So I, I would not say that either of these bullpens are elite by any mm-hmm. means, but I would say that the closer that the Padres have is night and day, the best reliever that any of these teams have and is the best closer in the game of baseball right now. So I give the edge there. I also will add here, uh, I was huge on Nick Martinez this year, and he started the year in the Padres rotation, and he's now been bumped to the bullpen. So he's like that bridge guy for like three, four innings if you need him, which I think is huge for a bullpen that might not be super uh, deep. I like the Padres here. I went with them. I also went with the Padres. Um, When you have the best closer in the game in Josh Hader, I I can't pick against you uh plus the team has the second most saves in major league baseball right now so yeah i I went with the padres bullpen all right so 
as we have been doing it. And it's yeah. one to one. One to by one. The way. Uh, mm. Our series here this weekend that Alex and I will be friendly wagering on. Friendly meaning yes. at the end of the year, Pinky's nope. on the line. Nope. Uh, we got we got to like figure out what actually. Are is you on good? The line. With, I have four on the Padres side. You have three on the Dodgers side. Yeah, I'm side. taking Are the Dodgers. Good? Padres, oh, yeah. I'll take Padres. You take yeah. Dodgers. Okay. Hell yeah. You have a deal. The pitching matchups, I will say, yeah. favors you. So yep. you're in good shape there. Thank but you. I'm going to take the Padres. They're the home team, and I picked them I to I also think the offense join. favors me, so that's cool, too. All right. So, tale of the tape. Watch out for that series this weekend. What a great, great show. A lot to talk about. Justin is back which is great. Makes me very happy that he's back through very well. A lot of things this week that made me go, huh. Weird. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Saturday with Smoltz. That is coming up tomorrow. Do not miss that. You will not want to miss it. Oh, man, some great story. Ooh. A great Smoltz story coming at you tomorrow about his car getting wrecked in a rehab start. You, you'll just have to hear it for yourself. Make sure you check that out. Saturday with Smoltz tomorrow. Thank you all for listening. Make sure... You download, subscribe, anywhere you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever. We're also on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and you can watch every single episode as well on YouTube at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. That does it for this Friday episode. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy the weekend, and until Saturday with Smoltz, this has been another episode of Flippin' Bats. 